Let's go. Welcome to Citizen. We've got a special guest today, Remy Adelecki, former Navy SEAL, uh, Hollywood star, author, consultant, so on and so forth. How's it going, buddy? It's going great, brother. How about yourself, man? Oh, I'm living the dream. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's finally not 110 degrees every day in Texas. So Yeah, I know. It's, it's actually cool off here. It's been like 75, 70, like the last uh, week. It's uh, been able to turn off my ac at night yeah well we're not that fortunate here uh not yeah. not yet anyways um so you've got a we, we've, we've had you on um drinking bros before but yeah. i think people know your backstory um to to a great degree and they also know a lot of your work you know you've been on some reality shows you've done quite a bit of consulting behind the scenes on some major uh, uh hollywood projects and now you're doing yeah you're getting into the to the book to chameleon the series that you're working on um yeah. uh we we didn't get too too deep into chameleon before yeah i'm kind of curious uh if you could give me like the the elevator pitch on that because i it, yeah. it's it, it's it sounds a lot like <clears throat> like some of the spy thrillers that i'm really into like the gray man and and the nowhere man and shit like that yeah, no, for sure. First and foremost, um, it's grounded. You know, I uh, the idea came to me back in 2010. I was overseas and doing human intelligence, and uh, I was had to be a chameleon. I had to be a different person for every source. I couldn't be the same person for every source. And then I had to be a different person when I was briefing my OIC. Mm. I had to be I had to be a different person when I was briefing a you know an admiral or somebody up in the chain of command, C.J. Soda, because I was sending intelligence stuff, and I was like, dang, like this would be a cool concept for uh, for a film. And the first thing that came to mind for me was a film mm. uh, uh, called Chameleon about this guy who is uh, able to you know be whatever character he needs to become at the drop of dawn. And fast forward after I got out of the military in 2016. Um, in 2017, I, you know, was getting into film, getting more so into filmmaking. And I was like, you know what, I need to get some education in it. And so I went to a method acting school called the Lee Strasberg Theater and Film Institute. And that's where I really learned a lot about method acting and how people can get into character. And so I kind of merged those two mm -hmm. ideas, the idea of a character who's a spy, he's tactically trained. Um, and it's all grounded in reality. He's part of a team. Uh, so he's not like James Bond doing everything by himself, but also he has this capability that's also grounded and acting, right? Because at the end of the day, all spies are, they're really good actors, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and so essentially that's what a chameleon is. It's, uh, it follows Kali Kent and his, his black box team. Uh, and they are tracking down a South, South African mastermind who has essentially created this ingenious way to uh, manipulate the stock market in order to carry out economic warfare. And so the first part of the book is them trying to identify this guy. Like it's the more investigative. So, so, you know, there's action, but there's a big investigative piece to it where they're having to find sources and then follow clues and, and to uncover this guy's identity. And finally, when they do, then the next part of the book is them like, actually, okay, how do we capture this guy? Because he's in the public eye 
he's really smart. There's no real proof that what he's doing is wrong, and we're not Interpol, um, so we can't just go after international terrorists unless it's a direct, a direct, uh, a direct tie to what they're doing to try to destabilize America. So they haven't. So it's it's, it's a very heads up type book. It's, mm. it's uh, you, you know, it's not one of those books where you could just kind of check out and eat popcorn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, those are the best ones, right? I mean, they turn into page turners, I feel like, um, books yeah. like that. Jack Carr is really good at writing like that, too. It's There's, like, something going on on pretty much every page. There's no fluff, yeah. I guess you might say. Exactly, exactly. <clears throat> and it's also a political thriller as well because, it, you know, one thing that we face here in our country with, as it relates to politics is how, you know, politicians lie and cheat and manipulate in order to um maintain control of a base right maintain maintain control of their base and they'll discredit you know other people so you know in order and they'll make decisions and so um, i really wanted to uncover that as well so that's part of it where you have the president is just like he's not, not making decisions for the you know for the benefit of everyone mm. he's making decisions because it's a it's a it's a voting year right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. i remember facing that every time i was deployed you know, uh, during a voting year where like all operations shut down. It's like we're over, we're downrange and, and like it's towards the end of deployment. Like my deployment cycles were always like from February to um, February to about, to about September, October. And every time without fail, like around August, September, like ops don't get approved as much as they did. Like, oh yeah. Prior, you know, uh. <laughs> yeah it's no it's 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 uh it's goofy that's for sure um yeah it's uh i'm glad you you mentioned that the yeah. that politicians lie to to maintain control it seems like the government has grown from being you know a service to the people to being an, an engine that just propagates its own existence and tries to expand power and stuff like that i wonder from your perspective you're you were uh <clears throat> You were a Navy SEAL for a while. You worked in the, uh, you, you worked in, I guess, technically that's not the intelligence community, but you worked on the intel side to some degree as well. Um, how, what, how do you feel like the country, like ordinary citizens can best insulate themselves from that? From being deceived? Being uh, manipulated certain, certainly, yeah. Well, I mean, being, being deceived and also deceived, manipulated, but also taken advantage of, I guess. But how can they protect themselves from that? Yeah, I would say opening their minds and being open to other sources of information. You know, one thing when I was overseas, I couldn't just go on an operation just because of what one source said. Like it had to be vetted against other sources and against SIGINT and against you know other intelligence that we had in order for us to go on, you know, on and off. And I find that here, so many people are just so focused on, hey, whatever this mainstream media outlet tells me, you know, I'm gonna run with it. And, that, and without doing any investigation, like I don't even watch the news anymore. I, like I get most of my news from like YouTube, like, you know, uh, YouTubers from, you know, who have different perspectives, like you guys have listened to this podcast before. Uh, also, uh, Pat, uh, Bet Anthony, I believe his name is, like mm. hearing his perspective, Joe Rogan, all these- Oh, uh, Patrick, Bet David. Yeah, Patrick yeah, yeah. yeah, he's a good guy. So I try to get all of these different perspectives mm. and then take it and then formulate, you know, what my opinion is. And I think there's so many people who are so easily brainwashed, right? They're sheep. And you're just like, 
whatever the whatever they hear from the government, whatever they hear from their local politicians, it's like that is the gospel. And I think that you know um, we're smarter than that. And, uh, and and so the best way to protect uh, ourselves from that is to be open to various forms of information and then making your decision based off of the collective information opposed to just one pipeline. That makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's I think it's really important <clears throat> to, you know, for all of us collectively through our behavior and the way we talk about things and the way and just just the, the standard we set to shape what matters to people in a society. Right. And it starts yeah. young with, with child in childhood. <clears throat> yeah. But it also, you know, continues into uh, in, into your adulthood, I think, especially um, people who have been around the block a little bit like you're, there. There's the onus is on you to set the standard. It's like leaders eat last. Right. That's what we do. Make sure that everybody's taken care of first. And a big part of that is making sure that people aren't getting taken advantage of or duped or whatever the fuck. Because um, right now, go ahead. Also, so I'll say also, we have to, people are not willing to question anything, dude. It's like, like, even with this writer strike, you know, I'm part of the WGA, and it's like, I, I sent an email to my strike captain because I was just like, dude, like, this is ridiculous. Like, this article just came out last month, a uh, couple weeks ago, saying that the AMPTP gave an author an offer on August 18th. And we haven't responded. We were supposed to respond to that offer in a week. And his response is the same response that I've seen in so many other trades. It's like, oh, well, you know, you can't trust what the AMPT say, says, or you can't trust the source of the article. And I said to him, I said, listen, I've read multiple sources of multiple mm. articles. And I said, if that was untrue, we're, we're 100 over almost 140 days into the strike. And the people who are suffering the most are not the writers. The people who are suffering the most are like the IATSE, it's like the mm. truck drivers, it's like the caterers, all of these people who are yeah. suffering. And I said, if we're so far in, if that claim was a lie, then it's the WGA's responsibility to come out and say, that's a lie. We never received an offer on August 18th, and we never told the AMPTP that we would reply in a week. That's a lie. But they did not say anything. I was talking to another operator, Tyler Gray, about this mm. really He's a writer in, 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 in the industry as well. And he was just like, spot on. If if something like that is a lie, then it should have been checked. But the fact that nobody responded to that from the WGA, it shows that that was actually the truth. They've been sitting on an offer for three weeks while everybody's been suffering and trying to paint the AMPTP as the bad guys. And so I say all of that to say, I'm not trying to paint the WGA as bad guys in this, but I say all that to say is like, you have to question what, even when you're a part of a union, you got to question your union. Like you can't just you can't just run with this answer. Like it was this cookie cutter answer that my strike leader tried to give me. He said, "Well, you can't trust the source." Or, "Well, the AMPT always lies." Okay, I get that. Cool, but what's what else is going on? Because there's no reply, you know. And that applies to politicians. That applies to uh, that applies to just, just just laws. That applies to absolutely everything, right? Like. Everything in moderation, obviously, but we have to be willing to question everything. And we found ourselves in a position in this country where people are not willing to question anything. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the reason why is out of fear. It's out of fear. Oh, if I question this, then I'm going to get canceled. If I question this, then I'm going to look like this person or look like I'm. A... And it's like, no, dude, like we live in a country with freedoms where you can question things. Like I grew up in Nigeria. I mean, I, was, I spent the first five years of my life in Nigeria. 
And I'm obviously like you, I've been to other parts of the world mm-hmm. where you, you cannot question your government. You cannot question a person you work for, otherwise you will end up in jail. <clears throat> and I just think that, you know, so many people has just, have just forgotten that they have the ability and, you know, our laws allow us to question those, you know, who are quote unquote in authority over us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of the <clears throat> death blows to any meritocracy is the inability or unwillingness to question authority, right? I mean, you end up in a, in a silo, essentially. Just in a, exactly. in a in an echo chamber that just gets dumber and dumber over time. I mean, yeah. the the it, and that's the you know conservation of energy, law of conservation of energy. It just the the thing degrades each time it moves from one place to another without you know being reinspected. I guess for lack of a better phrase. But this uh, <clears throat> what you're describing is something that Noam Chomsky talked about back in the '80s called manufacturing consent. Right? It's it is. Uh, there's a cup, there's a bunch of different ways of doing it, but pri- primarily it is about controlling the media and how uh, there, there's a bunch of different strategies. Some are like requiring business licenses that are difficult for people to get in the same way that poll taxes and literacy tests were used to keep black people from voting back in the day. It's that same kind of thing just to box people out. Um, <clears throat> and then having large bureaucracies uh, parrot the news media and work with them and stuff like that. But the thing that you were talking about <clears throat> is called flack and the enforcers. Flack refers to the negative response to a media statement or program, but it also can refer to um, like you personally. This is what the goal of manufacturing consent really is, is to have you so nervous that you won't even say what you're thinking for fear of some kind of retribution or whatever it is. And that is fucked. I mean, the, the trying to control what somebody thinks is probably aside from violent things, the most nefarious thing you can do to another person. I mean, it's completely fucked up. And it, it also doesn't work very, very long because the human mind rebels at this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, that's why places that have authoritarian regimes have regular revolutions and, and uprisings and stuff because the human mind rebels at that. Yep. No, 100%. It's, it's, it, it's mind slavery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mind slavery. And, you know, it... it, it uh, it breeds an environment of cowards, man, where nobody is willing to step up and, and say anything. That's why, like, I try to be bold. Like, even my memoir, Transform, like, I tried to talk about, like, I, I didn't try. I did. I talked about the issues in the inner city, you know, black communities. You know what I mean? I talked about the, how hip-hop music and has influenced uh, generations of kids in a very negative way, especially kids who come from a, you know, a single-parent home. You know, that's why you see, like, it's so crazy. I was on Twitter uh, yesterday. You see this video, saw this video in Philly where this guy just walks up to this other dude and one black guy walks up to another black dude. This black dude's just, like, literally on his phone on the street and mm. he passes and turns around, puts a gun to his head, blows <clears throat> his brains out. Yeah, I saw that. And then there's another, there was another video I saw yesterday at the same time, like, on the same feed. I'm just like, you know, what comes for that? And then there's a video of the kids that were riding around, listening to music, and you know, talking about yeah, hit that fool, you know, and they're talking, and they hit the freaking guy riding the bike, you know what I mean? And they're recording it on on their phone as they're listening to music, and it's like a lot of that comes from it comes from you know music, it comes from the culture that's just been so ingrained in a young inner city youth that it's like it's destructive, and people don't want to talk, they don't want to tell tell the truth about it, you know what I mean? It's like no one wants to say like. 
this is a problem. Like this music that 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 motivates and instigates kids to go shoot other people uh, or their rival to punch, punch, fight, shoot somebody they feel disrespected or sleep around or you know you know be a player on all of these different things. Like nobody wants to say that that's destructive. It's like no, that's just art. But no, it's not just art because that art has been imitating life. People are like like life has been imitating mm -hmm. that art for decades, and we see how destructive it is in places like Houston, Texas, mm. in places like the Bronx, in places like Brooklyn, in places like Chicago. And, you know, and so for me, like, that's why I made it a, a point in my book to really like say, hey, like, I, like this was the reason why I did the things that I did. And this is a systemic issue that has to be dealt with. And until the truth is put out there for people to see, then everybody's going to just continue going about their business, doing the wrong thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, <clears throat> yeah, I, I remember some of those interviews in the early 90s with Ice Cube where he was, you know, he, he would say that uh, when people would criticize the lyrics that he was just explaining what happened in his real life on the streets. And I guess, you know, fair enough, right? But what what's the, <clears throat> after you expose the thing that is unsavory or not great, what's your responsibility to then give the right message afterwards? You know what I mean? <laughs> Kind of feel like there should be some follow up there. If you're a doctor and all you do is diagnose and then tell the guy to get the fuck out of your office, that's not a great doctor. You know what I mean? One hundred percent. So it's uh, it's you know <clears throat> I think uh, I talked to a lot of people about this. Um, my buddy Larry does the Dad Edge podcast and a bunch of other guys who who feel the same way about this, but. Um, there really has to be like this is this is part of the leadership that we're missing in America. People, mostly, I would say men who are willing to stand up and say what's right and wrong. You know what I mean? And then you know, <clears throat> actually take a look at take a look at data and see what drives some of these issues that that are being uh, uh, more or less lied about or ignored. You know, by the by politicians. Um, you know, why is why, why is violent crime? such a big issue in inner cities right why is and then to that to that same point why are there so many young suburban kids killing themselves or shooting up fucking public places they're, they're, these are these are all in my opinion symptoms of the same disease which is just an absolute nihilism like they don't feel like <clears throat> if you ask somebody if you ask a random teenager in the 1980s uh what it meant to be american i think they would have an answer it, it the, the answers would vary certainly, but I think they would have an answer. And I'm pretty sure the majority of them would have been positive. Uh, if you ask a 16 year old now what it means to be an American, I don't think you're going to get any. I, I don't think you will get very many coherent answers in the first place. But the ones you do will be very negative, unless oh, unless you're dealing with like a very small group of people, maybe in the South or something like that. But the vast majority of them are going to have some negative attitude, and that's fucked, man. That cannot be the case because. Uh, I feel like I say this in almost every show now, but it's one of my favorite quotes. Uh, a British author said, his name's G.K. Chesterton, he said that uh, men didn't love Rome because she was great. She was great because the men loved her, right? Yeah. It's like broken window theory on a grander scale. I care about this. I can, it, it matters to me that being American is something I can be proud of. That, that's your responsibility, you know what I mean? Like, don't just say you're proud to be something. You, you, if you, and if you're going to claim that, if you're going to claim that clout, that pride clout, then it's on you to make sure that it fucking stays, you know, worthy of your pride, I would imagine. 
thousand percent. And you know, we're seeing how what you just mentioned with the way this young this generation feels about their country, that's being that's reflected in the recruitment numbers. Mm. Right, because recruitment numbers are at, at historical lows. Yeah, nobody's going to go fight and die for a country they don't believe in. That's not going to yeah. happen. Yeah, but where does that come from, right? I think that a big part of that also is, you know, you touched on data earlier. People don't want to pay attention to the data, right? They don't want to, whether it's good data or whether it's bad data, like everything, like if it's good data, like, hey, here are the benefits when, of somebody that grows up in a, in a home with both parents, here are the benefits of somebody that joins the military and, and, and the potential outcome for that. Like they don't want to, people don't want to pay attention to data. Everything's just so emotionally driven. Mm. Like everything like thrives and, and either lives and dies on emotion. And I think that social media has been like a major uh, uh, melting pot and uh, of this, uh, of emotion and of projecting emotions or projecting how people should feel especially young people as it relates to their country or their parents or authority or, you know, before, again, like going back to the music thing back in the day, like in the nineties, it was like music has such a massive influence, right? On the culture. And that's when, I want to say that's when we started to begin to see the shift in how people felt about America. Because I know for me, I didn't want to join the military because I associated anybody in the U.S in a military uniform as the police and I hated the police. Mm. Where did that come from? Where did that hatred <clears throat> come from? Part of it came from what I saw, you know, a few bad seeds do, but it also came from, you know, the music and what I was told. And 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 that shift has grown exponentially with the rise of social media, where you get these kids who are getting these messages, some of them targeted via apps like TikTok, where, you know, we know that the Chinese government is utilizing TikTok in a way to specifically target kids girls to make them feel american girls to make them feel ugly uh you know uh young kids to hate their country like the algorithm specifically targets kids with specific messages in order to elicit this emotional response not a fact-driven response but an emotional response about their country you know and so um yes yeah, it, it sucks but it, it Again, people don't care about the data anymore. It's all about emotion. Mm. And I think that, you know, social media is a good thing, right? Like, you know, YouTube has been good, but it's also a bad thing. You know, Instagram can be good for your business. It can be good to get specific messages out there. But like the message that you put out on Instagram that I I, I, I loved, man, because mm. that's something that's been on my mind for a long period of time as it relates to veteran suicide is, you know, I, I, Think that it's, don't think that it's, it's, it's solely about the traumas that we face and the things that we saw. Yeah, that could be a part of it, but I think that the the, the, the lighter on that, the, the instigator of that is guys are feeling loss of purpose. They have no purpose. They have no drive like they had before. And that's where they're just like, you know, it's nothing for me to live for anymore. And, but again, going back to my point, you put that positive message out there. So social media can be a good thing and it can be used for good, but I would say like 80% is used for bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's, you know, this episode of Citizen is brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee Company. Join the Black Rifle Coffee Club and get fresh roasted freedom delivered straight to your door. Black Rifle Coffee Company is veteran operated and supports America's military, law enforcement, and first responders. Get premium coffee delivered every month 
Choose your favorite roast, rounds, and delivery schedule anytime you like. Members also get free shipping and access to exclusive partner discounts. The best value you're going to get from Black Rifle Coffee is the Coffee Club. As again, you can choose the roast, whether you're like light, dark, or medium. You can choose the texture. You can choose whether you want uh, ground coffee, whether you want to grind it yourself and get whole bean, or if you use a Keurig and you want the coffee rounds and the delivery schedule with a wide uh, array of options for that. Get 20% off your first order with the code CITIZEN. So go to blackriflecoffee.com, sign up for the coffee club, use the code CITIZEN, and get 20% off your first order. This episode of Citizen is also brought to you by ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. Right now, Ghostbed is offering 40% off Ghostbed bundles where you get a mattress and an adjustable base. For everything else, 30% off if you use the code drinking bros at ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. If you get the uh, 40% off deal, if you use the 40% off bundle deal, you're going to get uh, a mattress and all your stuff, your base, your sheets, your pillows, all this stuff for about 30 to 35 bucks a month. They've got a zero down, 0% financing plan for up to 60 months, six zero months, that's five years, uh, about the lifespan of the average bed. So it works out great for you, works out great for uh, the company. So go check it out. Go to ghostbed.com for slash drinker bros. Whether you're in the market for a bed, uh, an adjustable base, whether you just need sheets or pillows or any of that stuff, they got the best, the mattress protector, the weighted blanket. They have everything you need there, 30% off everything. Use the code DRINKINGBROS at ghostbed.com forward slash DRINKINGBROS. Or if you need that adjustable base as well and the mattress, get the bundle and everything else you add onto that deal is 40% off. This episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one toolkit. This summer, HelloFresh is here to take the work out of eating well. I talk about this all the time. Uh, if you're not like me and just eat primarily meat, you want to actually feed your family like a normal human being, um, HelloFresh is a great way to do it. It, it. All the ingredients, as is in the name, are fresh, uh, proportioned out. You know, you can. It, it, they're also pretty flexible on how you can order things and things like that. Um, uh, you can reach your goals with delicious, calorie-smart, protein-rich foods and dinner options. Um, if you're stuck in a recipe rut, I know a lot of people get into this. One of the biggest problems people have with eating healthy is they get stuck in a rut. They get tired of eating the same thing over and over. Well, take a bite out of something new with 40 recipes per week that you can choose from with options to please even the pickiest eaters. If you've got some in, the, in your family, your children or something, you always find meals for everyone at the table to enjoy. Um, Ross has used this for years. I've used it in the past. Uh, it's really, really good. Uh, the food's really good. The recipes are great. They're super simple. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's going to save you time from the grocery store. It's going to save you money because, uh, believe it or not, it's uh, relatively inexpensive. And it's going to make sure you're eating right. One of the biggest barriers to this stuff, I'm telling you, is having junk food in your house, not having other better options, or getting bored with the, the food that you're eating. And this is going to solve all those problems, HelloFresh. So go to HelloFresh.com slash Citizen16. That's Citizen16. And use the code Citizen16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. That's uh, HelloFresh.com slash Citizen16. Use the code Citizen16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. 
And uh, uh, let me know how you like them. Hit us up in the comments on social media and stuff and let us know how you like it. Uh, hard work is what makes life great. You know what I mean? Like take the stairs. Do, do the hard thing because it's going to make your life better in the end. And you're also not – every time you take a shortcut, you're subjugating yourself either to circumstance or to another person or organization, which I don't think is very healthy for people to do. But um, <clears throat> on the other side of that – no one's going to work hard for no reason. You know what I mean? People aren't, th this is, this is the, this is how you know for sure life is about the journey and not the destination because nobody will work hard for its own sake. That doesn't make any sense to human beings. We don't, we don't even think that way. We work hard for a purpose, right? Um, and so I want to talk about purpose since you brought it up there. You, like myself, before you joined the military, we're on a pretty bad track doing dumb shit, you know, just wasting your fucking life, really. You know what I mean? That, that's what it amounts to. Like, the, <clears throat> the, you, you can say that this stuff was uh, – there's no reason to make a moral judgment about it. It's just a fucking waste of time, really. But then, you know, your, your fucking fu well-functioning human brain says to you, whether you realize it or not, let's go find some purpose so I can stop being a shiftless layabout and being a, a drag on society. That's what it's really all about. You know what I mean? That you, you, we know that that hard work is what drives success and happiness in life and fulfillment, but it has to be associated with purpose. You know what I mean? And that's why when guys come back, you know, and it, it's a confluence of factors. When we found out that all these wars we've been fighting were fucking pointless, that sucks. When Afghanistan fell, that sucks. You get back to your country and you're like, man, I was fighting for my community and I don't even see a community here anymore. It's just a bunch of random individuals who hate each other. That's a hard thing for people to deal with. You know what I mean? And, but the, the solution is very obvious. It is that <clears throat> your service didn't end because you took off the uniform. You are still, uh, you know, you, you are still a servant to the public, whether you, you know, are wearing a uniform or in a position to do so or not. So it's really on us, you know, to, to lift each other up, certainly, but also to I guess, push our bad feelings to the side and make sure that we improve our position. That's, that's the gunfighter's model, right? Like I'm always improving my position no matter what. Um, yeah. And that's, that, that is how, that is the path to recovery. You know, I mean, yeah. it, and it's been said a bunch of different ways over the year. Gandhi said, if you want to find yourself, lose yourself in the service of others. You know, a lot of people smarter than me have said this before, but it is a, it is a fact. It's an iron law of humanity that yeah. if you are damaged or nihilistic or hopeless, you will find hope in purpose. And purpose is almost always associated with helping other people. Like every meaningful thing you do in your life will be in the service of other people. That's how we are designed. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, that all sounds nice, but it could still be a platitude unless there's some kind of concrete pathway to it. So I'm wondering, <clears throat> you know, from your perspective, now that you're a successful pro professional post-military, um, aside from just being a good father to your children and a good husband, to your wife, what else crosses your mind in that regard? Like how, how do we, uh, uh, as individuals and then as groups leverage that purpose, you know, towards our own benefit and towards the benefit of society as well? Yeah. I mean, I think it kind of starts with one trying to, you know, discovering that taking time. One thing I tell veterans, like when not veterans, but active duty guys who are, you know, a year or two years from getting out is, Hey, really sit and 
and and plan out. We have a saying in our community and the teams is like, hey, plan your dive, dive your plan. Really plan out what your uh, what your exit plan is going to be and what it is. Like really discover what it is that you want to do uh, and moving forward. And you know, and and that way, when you get out and you have a structure, especially with the savings, you're not having to fall into fall into something just to pay the bills because you. The, you didn't plan properly and everything falls apart. So I think that that discovery has to start before a person gets, gets out. And if it's, you know, if you've already, if a veteran's already gotten out, you know, it's like, hey, you know, take the tires, light the fires, make some sacrifices so that way you can take a month month off of, of work to really, you know, figure that thing out. But I think it all starts there. It's all at the root. And you'd be surprised at how yeah, I, I said I spoke I, I shared this message at a veterans conference. Um, probably I, I'll try and pull it up um, while we're, while I'm talking. But I shared this message at, at this at this conference, and it was it was titled it was titled uh, the uh, the answers to your future can be found in your past, mm. right? And what I was breaking down was how like. You know, uh, I was able to really discover um, what it was that, what it was, what my purpose would be moving forward by looking at the things that I did in my past. For example, like looking at the things that, you know, I was just naturally good at or looking at the things that, you know, I, here it is, the title says, within your past, uh, you will find the plans for your future. So, you know, uh, you know, I, what are those things that you weren't really good at, but people just kept on saying, hey, like, you should keep trying that. There's something there. Like, you have a gift there. Like, you should focus on a little bit more. And so I, and, and so I remember when I got out in, in January 2016, I kind of had, I went through the process of saving money uh, so that when I got out, like, I wasn't having to take a job at Starbucks or take some shooting gig job that I didn't want to do, right? And uh, and, I, and I was getting my master's as well. And I just remember after I got out, I got a few consulting gigs because that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go into business consulting full, full time. And then after that, like two or three gigs, like all the work dried up. And I started to find myself like in, in a state of depression where I was just like, dang it, dude. I, should I go back to the teams? Like, should I try and apply for an agency? For an agency? Should I like? Because what I, what I thought I was going to be good at, I'm not, this seems like I'm not good at. And I have a mortgage. I have two kids. I got a wife that I got to provide for. Like, and I just started falling into a depression. And a good friend of mine, um, Cody Gifford, his mom's Kathy Lee Gifford, she invited me and uh, me to Israel, all expense paid trip to Israel. And I went there and I had time to really just sit. Like it was like a two two week trip. And I just was like, there were times when I, when when the guy was just like, all right, just go sit by the Sea of Galilee and, and don't don't talk to anybody, just reflect. Just stare out where Jesus may have been, you know, on the Sea of Galilee and and you know, just reflect on your life. And then we would climb this big mountain and he would say, and he, our guy would say the same thing. Don't don't talk to anybody, don't confer, converse, just reflect. And the more I was reflecting, the more I reflected, the more I began to like see that writing was a big part of my 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 past. Like writing and storytelling, and not writing and storytelling for the sake of like edifying myself, but writing and storytelling for the sake of serving others. For example, when I was a human guy in the teams, a big part of that job was writing. Mm. 
I have to write these reports in order for us to be able to get jobs. So in order for me to be able to like serve my country, in order for us to be able to go after bad guys, I had to write in a way that was visual, clear, and 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 in a way that would you know allow a, a Baptist space commander to approve an operation. And so when I got back from that trip, I was like, that's it. Like I'm a storyteller, but I'm a storyteller uh that 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 uh that that's goal is to inspire, motivate, and educate in some way through story, whether that's speaking, whether that's writing a book, or whether that's making a film. And so um, it was that trip that really helped me with that. So I know I said it was a long answer to your question, but it's short. It really takes, it starts with sitting down and being honest with yourself and, 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 and reflecting on your past and in that you'll be able to find what your purpose is for your future. Sure, yeah, I think, uh, you know, asking yourself, <clears throat> and this works, by the way, uh, socially, it works psychologically for you, and it also works in business. You know, this is one of the primary things you do in business is your value proposition, right? Like, what what is it that I have to offer that society needs? Because that intersect. I mean, for th- there are some things for that for the vast majority of people will be true. Like for most men, uh, being uh, a, a, a protector and provider primarily for your family will be the thing that fulfills you most in life, right? And then for for most women, uh, being a caretaker and, and being a mother is probably going to be the thing that fulfills you most in life. But those, <clears throat> the way that we map all that out it translates to pretty much every other facet of life, right? And it's, I think it's an important thing to ask yourself, what do I have that society needs? Or if you're, if you're out there and you're, you're mentally doing fine, you're working a job you don't like, well, what do I have outside of the normal nine to five that people need? How can I turn this into a business you know, so I can improve my family's life? Because I promise you, being happier is gonna improve your family's life. Being a miserable turd all the time because you hate your fucking job is not gonna be you know, it, it's not, it's, it doesn't create a great home life. I'll say that. Um, and on that note, dude, like I truly believe, man, I'm of the belief that we were created for us. We were created to, for others. Like mm-hmm. I truly, that's why we all have a very unique fingerprint. Like it, out of all the people that has ever have ever lived on the earth, no one has the same, no two people have ever had the same exact fingerprint. And I think that that says a lot. You know, our DNA is all different. I think that says a lot. And why why is that the fact? Is because we were created, you know, to serve, to 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 to, to give to other people what they were not created mm. and give and, and born to do, and vice versa. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. and I go back to, you know, the best example I try to use with this is, you know, a, 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 a platoon. Just so, you know, whether it's an infantry platoon, SEAL platoon, whatever type of platoon, ranger platoon, a platoon. In each platoon, there are guys that have specialization. You got the sniper, you got the breacher, you got the JTAC, you got your medic, you got your intel guy, you got your OIC, you got all of these different roles. And the team as a whole can't be effective if each guy operates within their role. It's 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 like a you know like a puzzle piece mm-hmm. that has to come together in order for you to see the whole image. And that's that's a great reflection of life. Like there's what seven, eight billion people on this planet. Like we each of us were created so unique, and and each of us have unique stories. And when you take our unique DNA and all of the gifts that we have, and you merge that with our story and our background, and then you merge that with our life experiences, 
there's so much that each person can bring to the table, can bring to the world to give to another person, mm -hmm. right? Podcasting is not my thing. I don't think podcasting is going to ever be, be my thing. That doesn't work for me. It's, you know, but that's your thing. Mm -hmm. That's your what your experiences, your background, and and you know what you what, what you do. You know, with the Drinking Bros podcast and this podcast, like I can't do that. But I know what you do blesses a whole lot of people, and I know what I do blesses a whole lot of people. What you do blesses me, and what I do hopefully mm -hmm. blesses you. And so I think that so many more people have to wake up to that fact. I think that so many people are like, who am I? Like I'm a nobody. And, I can't help anybody. I can't, you know, I don't have a gift to bring to the world. Like, you know, even when I go to Chick-fil-A, like I know this might sound crazy, but you go to Chick-fil-A and there was this, there was this old guy, he was a greeter at the Chick-fil-A that I used to go to. He's not there anymore, but the dude was, he was just the nicest guy. Like he would just come in, you would come in and he just would treat you like you were the only person on the planet and he would just, you know, greet you with such a respect. How can I, how can I serve you? What can I do for you? And he didn't work behind the counter. Like literally he worked like, in front of the uh, in front of the counter, just greeting people, and his smile and his grace would just light up every single person that came in, and that was his gift. That was mm. his gift to the world, right? And I think so many people are like, well, I don't have a lot to bring to the world. We all have something to bring to the world. We just have to find it, yeah. and uh, we, we are all we are all we all have a job. Essentially, is the point I'm trying to make, and yeah. I think that the reason why the world is falling apart is because so many people, and you touched on it earlier, so many people have been brainwashed media, social media, to be individuals. So many people have culture to be all about me, 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 and they don't realize that it's about us. It's about others, you know? Yeah, that's uh, <clears throat> that's the number one rule in life to me is, is that it's not about you, you know? Um, and this is, <clears throat> you know, this, is, this could be reductive, I guess, but... One of the ways that I that I that was helpful for me to go through all this stuff was to find things that made me happy and things that pissed me off, right? And then you know, <clears throat> ask myself, well, how, how can I integrate the things that make me happy more into my life? And, and so I'm so I'm doing that. And how does that intersect with the skills I have? And then how can I stop things that piss me off? You know what I mean, like injustice and things like this, or or more than more than even injustice is you know, uh, psychological oppression, you know, just the, the powers that be trying to keep people, you know, under the thumb and stuff like that. And I, I agree with you. The best way to do that is to, to give people more information and also to give them the, the courage to, uh, speak up when shit's fucked up. You know what I mean? So that's what I do, but that's not going to be for everybody. Somebody, some people will be it'll be the best day of their life every day to be a Walmart greeter and just smile at people as they walk through the door. Some people are uniquely suited to that particular job. Now it's not always going to be that obvious. Unfortunately, life is fucking complicated, but if it was easy, it wouldn't really be worth doing. So, um, yeah, I think these are, these are really good ways to, to think about life and, and ways to, uh, you know, find your niche. We're, we're, it, this is a big jigsaw puzzle. It's a big machine and we need every part for it to be complete. You know what I mean? We can't afford to have people <clears throat> slip into depression and kill themselves and shit like that. We can't, we can't afford to have people wasting their goddamn lives on stupid shit because they're depressed or because they can't find their purpose. We just, as a society, we can't afford that. It's when, when we all do better, we all do better. That's how it works, right? Like any other functioning machine. So, yeah, I am uh, very inspired by people like yourself, Tyler is a buddy, Jack, guys that have, you know, been, you know, 
gunfighters who are like, you know what, I can, I, I got this other thing too. You know what I mean? Who, who've been able to transition. I think it's a big inspiration to a lot of people. So, you know, I appreciate you coming on. I know you got to get out of here. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you and where they can find all your books. Well, first off, thanks for having me on, brother. Mm -hmm. Appreciate it. Yeah, anytime, buddy. Exactly what you and uh, and uh, man, once again, thank you for that post other day. Yeah. That blessed me. You know, more it was just more confirmation for me. You know, um, but yeah, I'm on you know Remy Lake Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, uh, LinkedIn, uh, and uh, my apparel site is CasualWear.com. And even you know on that, like this one is unlimited potential. You know, and and even with our apparel line, I told my business partner, I was like, I want every I want every shirt to have something on there that can inspire, motivate, and educate somebody in some way, and even if it's subtle, you know. And so, um, so you can go to catchaware.com and and and, and uh, find some cool stuff there as well. Cool, yeah. And check out the books. Check out uh, uh, Transformed, which is uh, autobiography, and then check out Chameleon. There's going to be more of those coming down the pipe soon, and in some short well there's a short film out already but there's it is a chameleon short film on youtube out yeah. um chameleon <laughs> actually started out as a as a screenplay it started mm -hmm. out as a movie got picked up by a major studio and then that and then reverse engineered so it is going to be a movie and then transform is already turned in a first draft of the script of transform before the writer strikes so that's going to be a movie and uh and so yeah you can check out those books transform the chameleon can't wait man well thanks for coming today i really appreciate it Thanks for having me on, Dan. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. And thank you all for listening. This has been Citizen. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.